Welcome to Japan Champuru podcast, where we serve your weekly portion of Japan. From sweet, sweet memories to those with a slightly bitter aftertaste, we explore the full palette of what Japan experience is all about. I'm Kate, a Japanology student from Slovakia, and together with my guests, we'll take you on a journey to savor Japan like never before. Let's welcome our very first guest, Sophia, who is currently in her fourth year of bachelor studies at Charles University in Prague, with field of study, of course, Japanese studies. From September 2021 to August 2022, she was enrolled in Doshisha University in Kyoto as an exchange student. Hello! Hello! <laughs> so let's dive straight into it. How did you even manage to get in Japan? Because during September 2021, it was kind of closed due to Omicron variant of Corona, right? Because um, I had the um, government scholarship, so we were kind of... Uh, maxed, you mean? Yeah, yeah, maxed, the max scholarship. So uh, we had a, like a special... Um, permit. Yeah, yeah, special yeah, I permit. heard about it in the news that some students f- through this kind of yeah. uh, government scholarships are allowed to enter in very strict conditions. Yeah, yeah. So that was in uh, during autumn. We were like they were letting in the maxed uh, students. They were letting them in gradually. And uh, luckily I managed to get in at the end of uh, November. I think it was it was uh, November like 20th or some somewhere around that because after uh, December December the 1st they closed the borders completely even for oh, mixed yeah. students <laughs> so even those who like were supposed to go in December they couldn't go so I was uh, very lucky <laughs> that I got there 10 days earlier <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I heard about somebody who also managed to go to Japan through the corona period mm-hmm. somehow But she needed to go to some designated hotel to quarantine herself for 60,000 Czech crowns yeah. for those few days and bus or taxi there and back before she could go to her like uh, dorms or something. 60,000 Czech crowns is a lot. Yeah, mine was 50,000. <laughs> oh <my laughs> uh, we had to stay at a hotel for two weeks and we had to pay for it ourselves. Uh, just for um, like a comparison, uh, 30,000 Czech crowns is like one of the better salaries monthly in Czech Republic. So two monthly salaries completely yeah. spend on like a week in a quarantine in Japan. Yeah, and in my case, it didn't even include the food. We had to go oh, to no. the yeah, we had to go to the konvini that was in the mm, in the hotel and had to buy the food ourselves for two weeks. I was living on uh, convenience store food. They allowed you to go outside of your room. Uh, yeah, outside of the room. Uh, in specific times, we could go out and go to the uh, konvini and uh, just stock up on whatever we wanted to eat. Luckily, Japanese convenience stores have quite good food. Yeah, but after a while you feel like, uh, 
I ran out of options to choose uh, onigiri flavor <laughs> because every day I was trying different one and now I'm, I'm on the on the one I already had. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was very much that. I was trying out all different kinds of stuff, but I think two weeks was like the limit I could go on konbini uh, food because um, yeah, I wanted some real food, <laughs> something from a restaurant or homemade. <laughs> Couldn't you ask some delivery to deliver to the combini in that designated time? I haven't tried. I haven't... I didn't also hear that anyone would try that. I assume maybe they couldn't, like, enter the hotel. I, I don't know. Maybe oh. we could, but uh, like, there were no directions about that. There weren't, like, no warnings, like, don't mm -hmm. order food. But mm -hmm. I didn't hear any about anybody who would do that. I think I didn't uh, ever use uh, like delivery in Japan, so I'm not sure. But I just remember that uh, like a lot of Japanese restaurants, especially, they wouldn't l let you do like takeout or if you had some leftovers, they just wouldn't pack them for you. That's uh, like they wouldn't look at you mm. as if you were crazy. <laughs> huh? uh, that is really interesting because Japanese considered uh, as being really not wasteful mm. in the food, like eating everything to the last grain of the rice. But yeah, in this other, on the other hand, it's not really true, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I saw a lot of like, maybe not food, but I was really shocked at, for example, the plastic that I wasted in Japan. That was crazy. I never wasted so much plastic, I think, in my life as much as I did uh, in during the year in Japan. So much plastic. Same here, same here. <laughs> I was quite shocked. And then, you know, you, you fly there, you get off the plane in, let's say, Osaka, mm -hmm. you go check in the hotel, and then the hotel is on the top floor or something, mm -hmm. and then you get this view from your window. Mm -hmm. Anywhere you can see to the horizon mm -hmm. is just pattern cubes. Mm -hmm. I was so shocked. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the trees? Where, where's like, where's the nature? Mm. What, what happened? <laughs> like, how they can live like this? How, how nobody's bothered by it? Like, mm -hmm. how this even works? Like, where all these, like, you know, human mm -hmm. production, I don't know, like, um, like trash or, you uh -huh. know, yeah, sinks yeah. or everything. There must be huge systems to support such a big city. And then I went to Tokyo, <laughs> yeah. to Skytree, and I saw how crazy it can actually get. I have the same experience when I went to Skytree. I literally, like, I couldn't see the where the city ended. It just felt like a uh, so, such a vast expanse of, like, uh, populated uh, ground. <laughs> yeah, like, when I went to uh, Osaka to live... Uh, Actually, it was Hibariga Okahanayashiki, which is part of Takarazukashi, and mm -hmm. that is already Hyogoken, okay. Hyogo Prefecture. Right. But when I say this to my um, teacher from Osaka, that's not Osaka, <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't see any borders, you know, uh -huh. in Slovakia, Czech or yeah, yeah. In Europe cities, you usually have a city, mm -hmm. which it's clearly somehow ending yeah, in yeah. some point, surrounded by all the fields or mountains or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you reach another city, when there you have, you know, like that kind of sign on the street, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. this is, for example, Prague, yeah? You are entering the Prague yeah. border and then you have buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the fields anymore. Yeah, yeah But in Japan, you have just buildings. Mm -hmm. and buildings and buildings 
and buildings. And then you are in Hyogoke. Yeah, <laughs> and suddenly you're in a different city, but you don't know about and this, that. And this thing actually occurred uh, very strange also to some Japanese person mm -hmm. I know. Uh, when she came here uh, from Okinawa, she was very surprised that we have so much space between mm -hmm. cities with all the fields. They feel like endless for her. So, yeah. It's both it's really, ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that uh, when I, especially uh, the line, the like train line from Osaka to, I think, Kobe. It's like yeah. just, it's, it's just one big city, basically. Just, just buildings. I've been on that. Yeah. <laughs> we went also to like Himeji and all mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. places. And yeah, it's just buildings. And also this reminds me of like uh, Tokyo city nightlife. Mm hmm. <laughs> uh, when the last train is going? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. 22, 23 yeah, o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And then you just got a walk or have very expensive taxi or you're screwed. That's maybe why it's the nightlife because when you miss the last train, then you're stuck there and you just have nothing else to do. Then. Or yeah, you can go to Capsule Hotel or yeah. something, something like that. But it's just, you know. Even tiny city like mm. Brno in Czech Republic, they have super cool night buses system, mm. which works like that. All the places around the city, the, uh, the buses goes from them mm -hmm. to the main point, main yeah. hub, in the like main train station or like main bus station. Yeah, yeah. And in some point of time, like uh, a clock or a half of hour mm -hmm. of any hour they just spread from that point to every other part of Brno. And you can, you know, like mm -hmm. get any time in the night anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to drive car mm -hmm. because if you want to drink or something. This is nightlife for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was really strange. Like whenever I wanted to go out, like... Uh, in the night, I had to like have a plan, you know. Okay, mm -hmm. I have to... Uh, get on the last train otherwise I won't get from Osaka back to my dorm and uh, yeah it was very limiting one time I had to, to stay in Osaka uh, until the until the morning we just went around <laughs> we were just walking around Dotonbori oh. <laughs> all night <laughs> because we missed the last train <laughs> I guess sunrise on Dotonbori might be pretty I it's don't remember. I was so sick of it <laughs> by the by the morning that I don't remember any like sunrise. We were I was just okay. like I want to go home. I want to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that sounds tough. Is there any place around Tombori you particularly enjoyed? I I don't know. I quite I kind of like the the canal. You know the canal that's yeah. there, and there are these like uh, small tunnels there that you when you go underneath the bridge. Uh, these like kind of small tunnels and there were some exhibitions there there were exhibitions there, yeah 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 like uh, pictures or uh, of how about about the history of something i don't remember what but i remember spending a lot of time in that <laughs> in those tunnels just looking there oh very interesting when is uh, morning coming? <laughs> I really, I really can't wait. Wow, that's amazing. That reminds me also like once I don't remember which city it was because it was some, maybe some direction to, to Sendai Morioka in mm -hmm. this kind of direction. We were traveling uh, with a friend and uh, there was an underground passage. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in that passage, 
um, it was like exhibition in museum mm -hmm. with like famous paintings like Manet, Monet, Impressionist, oh. Van Gogh and all these things, all these cool artists or maybe also something like that kind of quality but mm -hmm. by maybe Japanese artists yeah. in a cool frames like, you know, the wooden golden yeah. ones. Wow. All around the, the passage, like in a gallery. It was all clean and beautiful and that was the coolest passage I ever went through and it was in Japan. So I think this under bridge, mm -hmm. underground passage kind of things, galleries is a Japan thing, maybe. Maybe, maybe. They just really have a... I think the Japanese have this um, like sense of how to make use of the little space you have, you know? Oh, you have a tunnel here. Well, why not make it more interesting? Let's just put some... Uh, I don't know, some photos here, let's make an exhibition, make yeah. it interesting. Also, they kind of have this mentality of not damaging the common space. Yeah, yeah. So if you put something nice there, it will last and yeah. it will be cherished and beautiful. Not sprayed all over or damaged so or stolen. <laughs> yeah, right, that's true. That's so <laughs> that's something I really appreciate about that culture because it fascinates me how actually people be are able to behave yeah. when they want to. For some reason, they have this motivation. I wish that other countries would like uh, kind of mm. adopt this mentality a little bit. It would be better place everywhere to live. If Definitely, that, happens. that was something I really liked about Japan. How, like, uh, it is clean, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, as they say, quite clean and quite. Everyone is well orderly. Uh, although I remember that was in Osaka. Uh, around the Nippon Bashi, mm -hmm. uh, uh, there were some, uh, like that was the first time there when I saw a rat in my life. Oh. Yeah, so nighttime Osaka around the, uh, what's it called, Namba, that's mm -hmm. yeah. the, not the clean Japan you want to see. Uh, there was food everywhere, these kinds of rats mm -hmm. uh, running around and all kind of, well, people. Well, they need to live somewhere where yeah. Tsukiji was cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> there is needs to go somewhere from there. So it was a big shock to see that in Japan, uh, like this kind of un, uh, unclean, uncleanliness. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is there, but otherwise, I was shocked when I came back here about how everywhere there's trash on the streets, like kind of like Even small pieces. Even that in Japan they don't really have a trash cans. You need to carry yeah. it all the time to put it in your hotel garbage bag, yeah. when, which is already overflowing with tens of thousands of plastic bottles from the vending machines because you are going to die on that sun. <laughs> so you just need to drink it. And then, um, or if you are very lucky and some, in, like a trash can in combini is still not overflowing, <laughs> yeah. you can put there a little. And even though they still do not have trash lying around mm. on the ground, so it's perfect. So what's another thing you kind of appreciate about Japan? I think this uh, cleanliness of the space is not the only one. Yeah, what I noticed that I really appreciated about Japan uh, when I came back uh, to the Czech Republic, I noticed how much uh, quieter and how much kind of like... Uh, relaxing the public uh, transportation in Japan is that no one is really loud there everyone is kind of minding their business and if you want to talk you just kind of 
whisper to one another or like try to talk as quietly as possible <laughs> while here in the Czech Republic like you get regularly people kind of screaming at each other or just talk talking in a really loud voice and uh, I was having a reverse culture shock big time when I came back here me too I really appreciate that uh, yeah I understand like it is taking a little toll on each individual to restrain yourself from doing all these like uh, self-expressing big time <laughs> loud yeah. kind of let's have a fun i understand that it's a uh, problematic and as a japanese society might suffer from that as well but in the same time because there is so many people living in such a small place it's kind of necessary to a little bit uh, hold yourself back so everybody can survive in that space peacefully and nobody will be really irritated too much by the behavior of others and yeah, I think that uh, foreigners might also appreciate that uh, when they go there like you, that you felt really relaxed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and many people also, uh, they work so hard in Japan, uh, like uh, having long hours in work and stuff or studying and have club activities. And they use the time in the public transport to sleep. You can really f yeah. <laughs> uh, see uh, many people sleep or some people will just like cling on your shoulder a little bit because <laughs> they are just so tired and if everybody is noisy, it wouldn't be possible for them to get recharged, you know, or mm. I don't know, just mind their think thoughts and or, or read a book. They usually read the books mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, this is thing I really appreciate about it. And it doesn't uh, apply only on like public transport, mm -hmm. but... It goes into any uh, common shared space or um, anywhere, basically, that they just kind of hold or, like, behave in a certain manner that it does not... Tr they try not to bother others. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is really nice of them and I appreciate it. But also I understand it takes toll to each person because, yeah, everybody wants to have a lot of fun, I guess. But yeah. They just understand it's not the way to do it, I guess. Mm, definitely. I think uh, living in Japan for a longer period of time has taught me how to like, be mindful of the others um, that are in my presence. Like how to uh, kind of think about uh, what I'm doing and how it affects other people, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, me too. Like Also, there's... The thing was that was really uh, overwhelming when I went to Japan first time, n not first time, but the first time for uh, living there mm -hmm. for a year. It was just like everywhere there were these signs of what to do, what not to do, and it was all in kanji, and I was just like overwhelmed as hell to just like try to understand and try to follow with, like follow with the rules uh, to not stick out, to not cause problems. I wanted to be as as not foreigners possible, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, to act really like they uh, expect people to act. But it was hard. I was willing to do it because I well, didn't want to cause any troubles, but uh, it is overwhelming sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the beginning. And then you just get used to it, you go with the flow. Some things are irritating a little bit because some rules might be appearing not so logical. Mm. But in the same time, also, those who put those rules there, they had 
very long discussions about <laughs> it with many people, many meetings about it, and they just uh, came to some kind of conclusion that this should be there. So there is some something behind it which is supposed to be respected mm -hmm. for some reasons. The fact that I couldn't understand some, <laughs> it's my problem. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of those, but yeah, it, it just adds to the harmony, I guess, mm -hmm. if people are just at least trying to do something mm -hmm. like, like what, what they were supposed to or not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. What was the most ridiculous uh, rule you didn't like to follow, but you must? Ridiculous rule? I uh, can think of one. Uh, you couldn't park a bicycle in front of the post office. <laughs> yes. So there's this one post office uh, that was uh, the closest to my dorm. Uh, that's near the Kyoto station. And I went there often to withdraw money or, well, mostly to withdraw money, but just like to go to the ATM. And... Uh, you couldn't park a bicycle there. There was this sign like you cannot like park a bicycle here. And in order, so for me, in order to follow the rules, I would have to go another 500 meters to the bike uh, park. <laughs> bike stand. <laughs> yeah, 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 like the, no, not even a bike stand. There wasn't a bike stand. The nearest place I think I could park was the uh, like parking place for bikes, you know, oh, the designated area yeah, for yeah, yeah. bicycles. Uh -huh. So I just kind of ignored that <laughs> because I didn't want to do that. Five hundred meters is it's it's not too short. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very annoying. So I just kind of and other people were placing their bikes there too. So I was okay. just like, okay, I'm just gonna place it here and I'm gonna quickly withdraw my money and go back. <laughs> yeah. And, well, sometimes I think I was just like, okay, if something happens, I'm going to play my foreigner card and just like, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, foreigner card is sometimes working quite okay, but it's good not to uh, misuse it too much. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just I in some kind of, um, time, um, like, uh, like, some emergency or yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I didn't use it, and not even once, I think, like foreigner card. Maybe there were some situa uh, situations where I didn't even uh, realize that I was doing something wrong. That was sometimes, like, the if I were to say the like bad side of this kind of, like, um, trying to fit in and trying to obey all the rules, it was that I was really overthinking about if I was doing uh, something right. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so if I just saw like Japanese people looking at me, I was just like, oh, am I doing something wrong? Uh, am I not uh, like behaving properly? Uh, and it made me overthink some things. Uh, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was overthinking these things too. And even in such a manner that like, for example, there was something what I wanted to do as Japanese are doing to not be the, the foreigner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, as I studied, you know, Japanology and stuff, I thought I know how to mm. do it. So I was trying to follow those. But the Japanese were still like having these uh, criteria as for normal foreigners. So they were even more benevolent and mm. it, 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 I didn't need to do it that much 
Japanese way because they still would um, judge me by the foreigner card kind of. <laughs> yeah, this foreign standard, uh, foreigner standard. Lighter criteria, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I think I felt that too. And sometimes it annoyed me. I think it's as ju uh, just Japanology students who are just like, <laughs> oh, I know these things. Why are you treating me like I don't know anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also you see like Japanese people are doing foreigner things. <laughs> like nothing is happening. They are just breaking all the Japanese mm. norms, rules, whatever. And I'm like... <laughs> and, and then I get like, you're more Japanese than Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, uh, yeah, I'm studying too much. <laughs> <laughs> it starts like affecting your character when you study Japanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just character, like when you come back, mm -hmm. did you have something like, uh, all these kind of Japanese gesture, like ah, oh, yeah. and the, the hand be before the face. Yeah, I, that I do that. Thing. I still do that. I still do that too. <laughs> Or like uh, when you go through the crowd, or when I thanked to somebody, I always bowed a little yeah, yeah. <laughs> in like reflex and all these kind of, or when I hit myself and I feel mm -hmm. pain instead of ow or whatever, yeah. I say, ta -ta -ta -ta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely still do some of them. I do the bowing, I think. So, for example, uh, when I thank someone, I definitely do a slight bow and I'm just like, this is me now. I <laughs> deal with it. West deal with it. Yes. yes. Because I feel like um, maybe I'm not educated in uh, Slovakia or Czech manners as much as I should be, but uh, I feel that sometimes in language and these gestures as well, these things sometimes are like, a missing or a little bit less pronounced that I would like to. Mm -hmm. So when I try to be polite or nice to somebody, I do something like this uh, Czech type of keg or something, try yeah. to speak politely. And it comes out less as a sarcasm or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I don't mean it because mm. it's overly... It's like a double kego, you know, yeah, in yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah. But it's just because we are not used to be polite to each other in this way anymore. So we always use it only as a sarcasm. And that's mm. why it's perceived as a sarcasm. Of course, it depends on context, tone of voice and stuff. But this is just what I personally experienced mm. that I tried to be really nice to somebody and they were like... Like mm. like it's sarcasm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was a weird reaction. That they think they, that you're overdoing it. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, one more thing I remember that I still do, and I think it is because of uh, being in contact with Japan, is I apologize a lot, especially mm -hmm. in emails. I just every time I write an email or a message, I just write the oh I'm so sorry. I apologize for this and this <laughs> and this. I apologize for doing the work as I was supposed to do it uh, on the time I was supposed to do it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's it's just a, it's very nice of you to have the, your precious time for reading this email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have email uh, kind of trauma as well. <laughs> I I reflected to the Czech language or Slovak, and it's also really weird because just. Uh, for example, mm -hmm. I was working in uh, as a project manager in a translation company and I was handling the project, mm -hmm. not translating myself, but uh, I was uh, communicating by email a lot all the time in English. And I was really writing the polite, beautiful something like 
almost Japanese mm-hmm. style of not that much but almost in English version yeah. and then I got reply hi okay bye yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know the int people who I was communicating with because it was international kind of uh, cooperation from India or I don't know different parts of the world even like uh, Ireland or America they just do not do business talk over emails they don't have capacity for it it's just like personal first name basis kind of communication and you never saw the person at all yeah the especially after doing a course on business japanese uh, last year so i was full of the how to write the proper email how to use kego over phone yeah all of that in my head and now just like I'm the the way I write emails is broken and I'm so sorry. And again, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much. I think we have uh, reached our time limit and uh, we can talk about uh, other things in the next episode. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Bye.